I think the internet is being like, ooh, right now. She's oh, like, good. She's like, I don't get, I don't have any lag. I feel really good about it. <laughs> I feel delicious, I feel spicy. So spicy it's it. time for me to stop being a fucking asshole. They said, oh, they haven't talked in a while. We should probably <laughs> we'll like be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't we talked in a while, Hannah? Um, because I've been working on my big bang. <laughs> <laughs> Literally from like 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. every night, Hannah has been writing this big bang. From are dusk you, until dawn. Are you done yet? I am so close to being finished. Oh, my like, God. Literally, I probably will, because I told my, my artist I would get it to them this weekend. So I'm probably mm-hmm. tomorrow I will ship it out to them with Do you um, see highlighting. the art before it, like, is published? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume so. So, yeah. like, Meef told me that um, to, like, highlight parts that I liked because ah. they were, like, I'm sure there will be many things that I want to draw in this. And right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. So I, like, highlighted, like, I went last night, like, before I fell asleep, I, like, was going through, like, highlighting bits and what I already had written to be like, this is especially juicy. I wouldn't mind if you did this. <laughs> if this was put on <laughs> to paper. You know? Yeah. So it's very exciting. Um, it is exciting. Meef does really good, like, little comics and stuff like that. So, like, mm-hmm. I just want to see. There are so many parts where I'm like, can you just, like, make, like, a little four-panel comic of this? Like, I just want to see, like, this little Yeah, the dialogue. actual movement of the, like, scene. Oh, my God. That would be incredible. That's, like, all I want in this I have no idea how Big Bangs work because I've never done one before. That's right. You've never done one. I've never done one because the only one I think I ever would have done one for where I was, like, enough in the fandom to know what was going on was Dean Kaz and their uh big bang limits were really high like you it, i think it had to be 25k and i was like lol i have never written 25k in my life like i, I guess the, you i could do like a mini bang i think the but well here's what i think i think that you're wrong i think that the big bang was 50k and i think the oh, yeah. mini bang was 25k because i always remember there being at least a 50k limit yeah i mean those are both totally out of my yeah, that's true. I wrote. I've written one 25k thick, but it was some nights, and it took me what was like seven years or something insane. Where I like wrote a bunch of it in college, and then dropped it, and went back and wrote the rest of it in 2018, <laughs> and that was 25k. But that was like because it was like a song thick. It was like this has ten chapters, yes, and yeah. two interludes, yeah. and an epilogue. So if I can write 5k. In each chapter, I can do it. I can yeah. I can make it there. It was very regimented. That's but like, other than that, I've I can I can only write twelve k. That's like my limit. <laughs> that's when I get sick of it and I'm like I'm done. That's like how you have to think about it. Is like yeah. When I like you have to think about it as like, which I think this is different than books. Books are different. When you're writing a book, it's different. But with like a fic, when I'm writing a long fic, I'm like this is actually not a long fic. This is like. 17 little fics. Yeah. And I'm sewing them together. Like, That's but, interesting. You know, like, each chapter, I'm like, this is unto itself, like, a one-shot. Like, this yeah. is just, like, a thing that I'm writing. But, like... No, that is a really good way yeah. of thinking about it. And I think that if I actually, like, plotted something out with a thought, I could probably write another 25K fic. Yeah. I mean, I have a really long one in the... in the coffers right now. My, like, yeah. ready fic that is, like, percolating... 
um, that I tried to start the other day and like literally got nowhere. I like, I had like the whole, I've always known how the first like part would go and I started writing it and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm actually, this is actually terrible. I need to like come back to this. So <laughs> the secret to word count is literally just writing about shit that you care about. Like you just, yeah. you just make the characters care about what you care about. And then you like just write about it. Like, yeah, I, I'm terrible at that. I'm terrible at like really digging into what a character is thinking. Yeah. I think that like, this is why genuinely the writing that I should be doing and I should have done it in college. It should be like what I'm doing completely is, is plays. I only want to fucking write dialogue. I don't want to do any other shit. Like, I just want to write dialogue. So, like, I'll just write a ready play. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, That'd I, be think, fun, actually. I think the problem is also, like, you're you're thinking of this very traditional process. What says that you can't just write the play and then see if, like, once you have all the dialogue down, if it's not going to, like, like, help you get the momentum to, like, actually fill That's in the That's true. Gaps? Plus, I'd have to write, if I was writing a play, I'd have to write stage directions anyway. And yeah. some playwrights get really flowery in the stage directions. Literally. So, like, there's, I mean, actually, it'd be really fun to write a play. Now I'm, gonna, now I'm like, actually thinking about this. Yeah. I should write a ready play. Why not? Because we've talked about before um, uh, our mutual friend Alex writing a, uh, scr- uh, like, a screenplay for Big Bang one year. Yeah. So, like, that was fucking cool. So, yeah. like, no reason not to just, like, go off, uh, you know off the beaten path and do some fun the road different taken. stuff yeah plus plays are that? so short they're so short and they're so contained that that's like something that's really fun about writing a play is that you're not trying to like really tell a full story a lot of the time you're telling because you can't switch a lot of scenes like a movie um, or like a book, you have to be like, what are these people sitting in this room talking about? Or like, what are these three places they're going to go and they're going to tell a kind of complete or maybe incomplete story in these like couple of locations that I just fucking love. I love that concept. Yeah. And just like the conventions of like time and space and that like are limiting you make an interesting box to try to get your stuff in. Whereas and you in can't. The big day, you don't have to shut up. You don't have no. to shut up. Actually, <laughs> and you won't. You, and I won't. So you can just you can talk about whatever you want. Actually, like you don't have to be quiet. And I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You can fold in Cats the Musical if you want to. You can talk about that. You are you gonna? Are you folding in Cats the Musical? Bitch, it's already in there. Oh it's no! Already in there. <laughs> It's so good. It's so fucking good. Holy shit. Oh my god. I, it's probably in the in the next chunk that I sent you. You probably just haven't yeah, gotten to it yet. I haven't started it yet. I it like get finishes on that. out with Cats the Musical. That's like the oh finale god. of that. Now chunk. I can't wait. Now I'm very motivated. I was already motivated, but now I'm very motivated. What are we doing? <laughs> this is a podcast. It's a podcast. It's it's the podcast where me and Hannah sit and talk about ships and fandom and for fandom. hours and hours. Once and again, what you is don't it called? Have to be quiet. You don't. No, have you to don't. Be quiet. And we will not. What is this podcast called? Shall we say it in twain? Yes, we shall. Get, Get your, your ship, ship together. What we do with a drunken sailor? What we do with a drunken sailor? What we do with a drunken sailor? And a light in the heart and she raises me, 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 she raises me,
following the rules, they're not getting their shit together. They're not? They're being extremely silly, I would say. <laughs> That's a very polite word for it, I feel like. Silly. Silly makes it sound sweet. Is it sweet? I, mm, I would just say... Um, <laughs> Some people are just, like, not using their platforms for, <laughs> <laughs> for good reasons, you know? Like, Oh, yes. Yes, I do know, actually. I, I feel, feel like that. both of us are, like, in a moment in fandom where we're like, Oh, my God. I will pay. I will pay eight grand for you to shut up like, no literally i will i will in fact buy your silence but the problem is i don't have enough money to buy the silence of every single fucking person so who's pissing bad. me off so bad. i love this roller coaster of emotions that i'm going through in my fandom and that you've also now started going yes. through that's just like i go from just like so much rage where i'm like can you all stop just stop. I saw this tweet that I love the other day that was like, when I get back on here, I don't want to see any more tweets. You're done. <laughs> like I'm done with all, no more. No more. And then I like fall down and, and, and then I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's fine. And I can just like, I can just do my own shit and it's okay. But it, but the, the highs and the lows, man, like it, it's I painful. get so mad. It's yeah. painful. I go from like talking to my adult friends who are reasonable <laughs> and, and fun and are there to have a good time. And then I'm talking mm-hmm. to people that aren't that. And then I'm like, hmm. What are you doing? It's so funny when the choice is presented to you that you chose this one. You chose yeah. not to be like that. But We're at a point now in Ready where, like, it's not even – it's not even that anymore with us. Everybody just wants to destroy each other. There is no more chill. There is not in it in the way that I can feel. I don't feel like there's a group that's like doing good and a group that's doing bad. It's like everybody just wants to murder each other. Just out for blood at all. Totally out for blood where I'm, I just, I sit back and I'm like, Oh my God, can everybody stop? Cause the people that I don't like, there are a group of people that I don't like. Uh, to be frank with you, you know that already. <laughs> it's a safe space. Uh, but l- lately they have done things that I don't think are that bad and they get torn apart for them, like fully torn apart, uh, in a way that I'm like, can we like, where, where is this coming from? Where is this anger coming from? And it's coming from, I mean, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the whole anti, um, versus, I don't know if the other side has a name. Fan, like the, the antis in the fan poll versus the people who don't feel that way. Uh, I don't know if they've been given names or uh, have a name for themselves, but yeah, I don't think it, they have a moniker. No, I mean, it, it, like some of the antis will call them pedophiles, right? Like that happens, but I think they're also just like, they consider themselves shippers, I guess if it's the mm-hmm. shippers and the anti shippers. Um, but of course they're both, both sides are shippers. It's just that there's, there's typically a divide of, what they're shipping, like with Sheath, or um, in the Ready case, it's just how they interpret things and the yeah. things they want to read about. Yeah. But lately, there hasn't even been anti-drama. It's not about that. It's not about underage. Or I mean, there is a little bit of that. Like, I'll be, I mean, there's always, there's always there, going to be there some of it. There will always be. There yeah. will always be. The debate will rage on forever and eventually consume us all. Um, but it's, it's not even that. It's they're fighting over, like stuff that I think should be unifying. And that's the thing I think is really sad. Um, so I, I, I just am like, Oh, you people like, 
it's time to go outside and fucking chill out. It's just like, it's brain rot. It's absolutely just infested with brain worms. Like, Mm -hmm. so have you enjoyed anything in Ready Phantom lately? Is there anything that, any thick updates, anything that you've, you've I have a million things to tell you about, Hannah. Please tell me about all of them. Yeah, here's the situation. As, as fucking petty as I am about the fandom right now I still eat still eating you're just eating I'm having a great time and like I think I said this a few episodes ago that I was like you know what I don't have to like someone on a personal level to enjoy their work no I don't have to like be somebody's friend or even be like wow this person is morally good to fucking read what they write like obviously this discussion is larger than that and when you talk about like I don't want to read I don't want to read things made written by racists or transphobes or like that's a different discussion but just being like I don't like you but you publish this fic and you're a good writer so like I'm gonna eat it yeah that's just reality so I I I do still I mean I just kind of distance myself from everybody's personalities I think that's kind of how I get through it um I have many ready fics but I will shout out one Dean Kaz fic that I read called Thunder Road um by Dothraki Shield Maiden um I rarely read Dean Kaz these days but I know that name really yes I'm sure they like have written maybe Dean cast things before yeah. or um, other fandoms, but I really loved it. It was wonderful. It's obviously Thunder Road. It's very much about Bruce Springsteen and like Dean's relationship with Bruce Springsteen, which is very fun because the show never really gets into that. But it's like one of the most obvious like lines you can draw from Dean's personality to a musician is Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and obviously like all of that implies. Um, so great fic. Loved that. Uh, getting into the ready ones. These are like a bunch, basically from like the past month. Um, so some of them I read a long time ago, but they're all really good. One of them is called Cherry Vodka by uh, Leslie. It's like Leslie, but with a V instead of an E. I read um, that. <clears throat> did you read Cherry Vodka? I did. I read that. Yeah. The, with Polish Eddie. Yes. Yeah. It's excellent. It's really it, I good. Think, I feel like it's the kind of fic that you would really like. I can totally see why you read it because it's mm. very up your alley. Um so it's, it's very beautifully written, super evocative, and always just, like, a fun, interesting thing with, like, the way people um, incorporate their own experiences and lives yeah. into, into fic. Yes. Um, mm. That's a big wreck. I think I told you last time we talked about Stitchy's fic, Sympathy for the Devil, which is one where Eddie goes into all the AUs. Yes. Um, and so Stitchy has been writing like happy ending versions of all the AUs that Eddie goes into. So the bodyguard one I talked about last time, the one that um, they just published is called I've got ways of making you sing. And it is the uh, like, I guess forties, maybe like late forties, early fifties. Cause I think it's post-war. Um, Eddie is a private detective and Richie is like a singer at a um, kind of speakeasy bar kind of place. Um, and there's like a there's like a mystery and a threat and uh, of course it ends very badly in the original fic but this is like the happy ending version so it's great very fun um, so I've always been making you sing by Stitchy uh, the one with the prom video by camera sparring that's just a very fun nice AU 
where all the losers are grown up and they're like rifling through old boxes and they find like their prom video oh, and no. like it's very sweet because there's it's a re- there's actually a really great thing where there's like a box Eddie and Richie live together and Eddie is like so mad at Richie for bringing somebody home the night before so he's just pissed and he and like lashing out at him all the time and so there's this big box in the living room that I think was like somebody had brought something in it or it was left over from something and Eddie like makes Richie get in the box. Like one of those, like we've had this experiences like with our, with your friends where things just escalate and it's like, yes. yeah, Richie get in the box and Richie's like, okay, I will. And Eddie's like, yeah, get the fuck in the box. And then he like does it. And everyone's kind of like, wow, this is weird. Like, why are you guys yelling at each other? Like, mm-hmm. this is kind of funny, but it's also mean. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're so wound up. And then they watch the prom video and like, it's very embarrassing and specifically, kind of shows how like Richie's feelings about Eddie that maybe Eddie never knew because he never watched this video before because like belongs to Richie so like and and, and Richie's this, like in the box is this like a is this like a in the family man when he watches the wedding video kind of vibe kind of yeah just when you're like I haven't I didn't know that people were talking about me this way yeah. and I didn't know that you had these feelings because I've never watched this and so like it is so so sweet and actually a very delicious ending uh, in terms of, you know, horniness. Just very, very good um, all around. So that's a fun one. Um, God, I'm just going to keep fucking going. Please, uh, I love it. <laughs> this one's called Can't Make This Go Wrong When I See Your Face by Beverly Martian. Um, this is just one of those classic, mwah, love it, where Eddie goes to live with Richie after um, getting divorced I think in this fic, it's so hard to tell sometimes when it's like they're living together for whatever reason. I don't remember if it's like Pennywise related, but they're living together. And Eddie is like, I need to tell Richie that I love him. I need to do it. I need to just like tell him and just get it out there. I think he feels the same way. I just need to tell him. And he tells him. uh, And Richie's like, love you too, buddy. Which is like just always my fucking favorite thing. Um, I love like a misunderstanding or like a misheard thing. Um, so then obviously just kind of getting like past that love, love, all that talking and not talking, um, finish line by words in between who I'll just shout out words in between in general, because not only do they have this AU, which is lovely. They have a mechanic Eddie AU, which is great. And a president Casbrack AU where Richie like works for him in the white house. And that is like, mwah, so fucking delicious. I love it. So all, all lots of good AUs. This one is a like one of those very fun. Um, they live across the street from each other. They're grown up. And Eddie has a big Bernice mountain dog named Ripley, which I just love. Everybody has Eddie with a small dog, which I think makes sense because it's like yappy yappy. But I also love Eddie with like a big shaggy dog. Because he likes like, big shaggy dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like the ways that Eddie interacts with like things that are gross where it's like, yes, this dog drools and this dog like is messy and how he like processes that. And is like, I want to have a messy dog who comes in my house and like shakes and water goes everywhere. And it's just like, it's his way of like escaping his mother and Myra in it. Like I like, I like both ways. I like when it's like Eddie kind of sticks to his personality. And I like also ones where he's like, I'm not going to be like this anymore. I'm going to fucking like, change my life side of the spectrum fully i love them i really love them both um so that's this one and then eddie richie lives across the street has a orange cat named peaches and they write like letters to each other in the window before they meet um so like 
very cute and very like low drama. Like I love, I love drama and fic. I love misunderstandings. I love like, oh, they'll never love me back. But this was just a really nice fic. It felt very natural to me. Aww. Like that, that kind of fic where you're like, this is actually just how people meet and date and fall in love. And maybe people have hangups about like, I was married before or like yeah. I have such and such problem because of something, childhood trauma or whatever. Yeah. But it, and it doesn't manifest into like massive drama. It's just l two people figuring out how to like have a relationship. And so yeah. it's very lovely. Um, and then saving the best for last, my recent fucking favorite fic. It's called Change Partners. It's written anonymously, posted anonymously, which I hate because who, I want to read everything. I want to read everything this person has ever written because it is so exactly the shit I want to read at all times. But it's fucking anonymous and I'm so upset. Uh, I'm so, I'm just like, I, I, please respect my <laughs> fucking privacy at this time because I just want to know who you are. Yeah. Because it's so good. And uh, not only is it fucking incredible, uh, it was very controversial in fandom because it's a forced outing fic. Ooh. And there was lots of discussion when it was published. Um, one, this is a t kind of a sidebar, but it was published as a gift for someone. And the person who it, it was a gift for um, has recently been canceled. Not recently, like in the past like couple months, was big, big, big time canceled um, in the fandom for writing a time travel self-cessed AU uh, that they got fucking torn apart for like like beyond like I cannot even tell you I searched on Twitter uh time travel self-cessed and people who are not even in the fandom were like weighing in talking about it putting it on their like anti-blogs or like anti-twitters putting it on the anti-anti-twitters as like examples of like this is what fiction can do etc so like just like so yeah, not only was this fic a gift for someone who got canceled for being problematic, this fic stirred up people in a, in a problematic versus non-problematic war because people were saying like, haven't we moved on past the need for forced outing in fic? And I'm like, no, we haven't actually. I don't think we have because you don't have to read it. Like as we've discussed so many times, if that's not your thing, if that triggers you, valid, fucking yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, absolutely, it's very painful, and it hurts a lot. Like, it's it's a terrible thing yes. that happens. Also, it's, but, but it's still happening. It still happens. Like, the it absolutely still happens. Like, no, no. And if there was a comedian who was like Richie Tozier, who was like, fuck it, if it was like Dane Cook or something, yeah. if somebody found on a phone that Dane Cook has actually been gay all time. along, his whole career, yeah. and, uh, like had relations with men and it was like maybe even almost an open secret kind of thing, people would lose their fucking minds for many reasons for lots, not only just like, haha, he's gay, but also because it'd be like, would gay people feel really betrayed by that? Yeah. Would like there be there, it'd be so complicated and we would have so many conversations and yeah. there'd be people who are like, that's fucked up that you even, that somebody leaked that. Like we shouldn't yeah. be looking at any of this. Like the, that would still happen and the conversations would happen and the blowback would happen. And I think talking about it in the context of Richie is really interesting. And like this fic in particular is so thoughtful about it. It's so smart. 
it's so like loving towards him and it just is like it blew my mind just like straight out of my head yeah like and it's it's sad like I actually the reason that I saw this is because I saw someone tweeting about it that was like it's a bummer that all of you people who think that this forced outing fic like shouldn't exist or is whatever it's so sad because it's so well written it's it's beautiful I cried reading it like genuinely cried um because at, at one point there it's so assholes. stupid it's 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 fucking beautiful and yeah. it's so thoughtful it, it talks about how actually I never I never realized this and I hadn't thought about it before but Matthew Shepard uh was born the same year as Richie oh wow uh which is just like heartbreaking to imagine him as a character going through that in his life and uh they talk about like this fic talks about media that he consumed as a child that like made him feel that way and growing up in Derry and how homophobic it is and how like they mention the hate crime that kills Adrian Mellon. They talk about that in like Richie's eventual article that he does to like come out and like talk about himself. He talks about that and how it's like, that's one of the reasons he like never felt safe is because that he's been surrounded by hate his whole life and how it's just like, again, the things that you are complaining about with forced outing fic, which is like, gay pain and gay rights and all these different things. Those are still real. Those are still real and they're still relevant and they still hurt people. So don't like suggest that gay art can only be like sweet and kind. I hate that. I hate it. I stop infantilizing us. Like, yes, we we are allowed to read about the pain of our, of our history. Like that's okay. In fact, I would say that it's necessary I agree. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to, like, in a safe way where it's not Explore it, yeah. Like, Right. And this fucking fic still has a happy ending. It still has a happy ending. It's not like it's like, this fic is about how Richie got forcibly outed and then died alone. Like, no one is suggesting that. It is a fic about falling in love and being in love and also going through... Like the the trials people still go through yeah. in our society, and I just I like it made me so angry that anybody I, would to, want to miss out on this experience because it was yeah. so powerful. I also think it's really important to note that like even with this kind of stuff, that it's you also shouldn't have to like flash your credentials to like justify no. writing it or reading it. No, like no, that should not be asked of anyone. You should not have to prove that you you're allowed to like read or write something like that. That's, Things that are dramatic. Yeah. Things that are hard. Like, yeah, that's, that's fucking the point. It's so invasive. Like, it's so shitty. It's like, yeah. why Like why can't you just let it's, the works be for itself? It's how <laughs> people get forcibly outed. Literally. literally. Like, it's like, literally, if you're forced to be like, I enjoy this because I'm gay, you're making somebody out themselves. It's so stupid. It's so oh, my God. Dumb. It's so I, fucking dumb. Anyway, this fic is fucking brilliant. Everybody you should, should go read it. To it. I want to read it now. I definitely will. It's so fucking wonderful. I finished it at like twelve thirty in the morning and texted it to like three Aww. people, being like, "Fucking read this right now." Um, okay, I also so that wanted was... to ask. I've seen a lot of things happening with the what is it? The Runaways. The Runners. That's that is runners? the next thing I was going to talk about because yeah. I fin- that's my that's my thick list. But I have three um, uh, smows to shout out. Because The Runners is winding up. It is not officially done yet, um, but it is winding up. And it was a very wonderful experience uh, to read. The writer, um, her name is Jillian. She has a very, 
very powerful talent for for building tension. Like it's really interesting because I don't think she's a writer. Um, like she doesn't write a lot of like prose fic, but her she's three. This was at the end of her third smell, and she is fucking fantastic. When we get to like the peaks, it is always like the fandom fucking breaks down like everybody loses it because we're just watching these updates come out with like fucking bated breath and I didn't have this experience because I'm not like really deeply in the fandom but I know from a lot of things that I've seen that the night like the night that everything kind of came together like the big the big crest um was during a runner's concert runner's AU is a like band AU and Eddie Bev Ben and I Mike I think are in a band together called the runner's that Eddie writes and sings for and plays a, plays guitar, I think also. And, um, so the whole story culminates at a concert and the way that people were talking about it, it was like they had all been to this concert together, so which is cool. so cute. It's, it's very reminiscent actually of Turtle Creek, which is, it, there's a lot to be thought about like here. We, like in terms we all of watched like, it together. Like we all watched it together. Okay. And that when Turtle Creek was airing, everybody had this feeling like, I'm about to watch Turtle Creek, not just read the AU, but watch the show that Eddie and Richie are in. So it was like, we want to also consume this television show on Netflix. And the runners was very much like, I want to go to a runner's show and like see Eddie on stage singing this song yeah. and like giving the speech that he gives. So everybody had this feeling like they were there. And Jillian was also really good at, she's a really good lyricist for one. She wrote a very, very beautiful song that Eddie writes for Richie that has a incredible lyrics oh, no. um and she described it as like the way that she described the way that it's supposed to sound i feel like i can hear it in my head it's so like she specifically said it sounds kind of like um like walk the moon and that kind of like big exciting feelings At uh, At i know Liz. literally i was like cool if this existed i would listen to it like a hundred times a day um so it's really 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 lovely and ec just truly excellent um highly recommend uh, the next one was Dairy You, which is just hit its big negative peak of like their big fight where like Eddie and Richie are professors at Dairy University. Everybody's professor. They're all teaching Dairy uh, at Dairy U. Um, Eddie and Richie are in the linguistics and psychology. Richie's a dual, um, like has a dual appointment uh, as a faculty member, I think in psychology and liter and um, linguistics, I think. Any rich year in the linguistics department together. It's so good. Elena, Elena who writes it, um, is just like unbelievably talented. It's, it's absolutely insane. Like the writing is just that. amazing. I like, do you love how my voice dropped? I just mm -hmm. got so like in the fucking zone yeah. of like thinking about how good Elena is. Um, and the, like, it's so careful about everything that it does. It's so smart. It does something that I haven't seen a lot of Smows do before, which is that when you see the texts and you see like the new conversation that's happening, that's like the one you're supposed to be kind of focusing. That's that's like the one that's happening kind of right now. Yeah. She still leaves the last few texts from the last conversation they were having okay. that we weren't that we didn't see. So it's this little kind of mystery of like, wait, what were they talking about before we're seeing this new thing that that's fleshes so, out that's this so world? It's so interesting. It fleshes out this world How so incredibly. Are so smart and like so. No, unique I literally and like find new ways to do things. Like I cannot deal with it. There was actually a really incredible part um, thing that she did early on in the fic. I might have talked about this when it first came out, but I'll talk about it again because it's so good. Um, 
where it's hard to describe this like, like verbally, but three different conversations going on and you can, I can hear how this would happen in a movie. So mm -hmm. seeing it written down like this is even more impressive where the sent the, the sentence that leaves off, there's like three different conversations. The sentence that leaves off in conversation one leads into the sentence in conversation two. Okay. So like, just think about how that would be where it'd be like, so wait, what's his name? And then a completely different group of people are like, you know, it, Richie Tozier just joined the department, you know, things like that, where it, it flows seamlessly into the next conversation. I know brain hurt. <laughs> like I literally was like, how did you fucking not only do this, but I even have the idea that. to I do it. I hate how clever that is. <laughs> I know it's a fucking amazing. Um, so like just fucking incredible. Like, God, I, uh, and it just hit the peak of like, they're all at this conference together and, Richie found out information about Eddie and was like, why don't you tell me? And then Eddie was like, why would I tell you? We're like not even doing it. Like, what, what do you think this is? And then it's just this horrible breakdown. And oh, the other thing I wanted to say about it, Eddie exclusively uses voice to text in this fic. Um, <laughs> it is, but like, not only is it one, completely character accurate, two, hilarious, it's fucking devastating because oh, you can no. see where he is like stammering where it'll go he's 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 Richie and it, like that's what it'll say in the text like he's saying that out loud and then there's this point where he's texting Richie when they're fighting over text and he's like you can see he's trying to delete where he's like delete delete don't send that but he'll, it'll say don't and then clearly he said send so it sends but it's like he'd sent the wrong it's like oh my god I oh can't god. it's what so good <laughs> Uh, so like this runners yeah, ending so runners like hitting its peak and uh dare you hitting it's like like bad bad climax yeah. happened very quickly with each other yeah. and so it was a very emotional week and like runners had a very quotable line um in it that everybody is like saying now a lot uh that's like what eddie says to richie on stage he says uh, I love you. Happy to do it, which is like so sweet. That's such a sweet line. And then Derry, I can't remember the one of Derry that everyone was quoting, but just like, like everybody flipped their fucking lips. I guess it was something to him saying like, "What do you think this is?" Oh, and the last thing that also Alina took a week off, which is killing me. It was like this is the end of part two, and she was like, "See y'all in a week," and we were like, "Fuck you!" But the last so thing funny. Eddie says is he says, "For the love of God, pick up," which is like so devastating. Oh my God, I can't. So it's been fucking emotional. I'm having a, I mean, like having a bad time because everyone's fighting and it's stupid, but I'm having a good time because the work is there and it's fucking <laughs> Cause, great. Because his food is fucking delicious. It's delicious. And I don't fucking participate. I That's don't get true. involved. Yeah. I just sit back and go, cool. So when's your SMAO updating? <laughs> So like, when are you cool. Like, so when when's the next up? chapter coming up? Yeah. I can't wait. Good I'm talk. ignoring everything, other thing that you say. <laughs> it's fine. That's so brilliant. my mind yeah. is blown. I'm still reeling from that, from just the medium, from just the I way know. that she's using I know. this medium. It's just incredible. And that's when, that's when the smiles really fucking shine. Yeah. And there's, there's ones that are really using it, using them in really interesting ways that I haven't read because I think that they're too dense and I like can't deal with it. And I'm like, if this was a book, I'd read it in two seconds, but I can't process it in this way. So yeah. Dairy, you being so smart 
and so thoughtful and just brilliant in all of these ways, in these ways of using the medium, but also just at the end of the day, being about like professors at a university who have drama is also like very up my alley and yes. very fun for me. So yes. like the academia part, just the trope of it is so good. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And they're all, it's so a very good. fleshed out world of all of their different departments that they teach in. Oh, God. Uh, so it's, it's very, very fun. I love it. That's so good. I'm yeah. so happy. I know. It's happy. always nice when it's good. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, can everybody just like calm down and just like, Create. Is that okay? Yeah, because like, when because when we do, it's so good. When yeah. everyone's just posting and enjoying what's being posted, and it's vibing. good. The second that everybody just finds, oh god, I can't even. Oh it's my god, disgusting. just disgusting. Ugh, fuck off. So frustrating. Write what you want to write. Read what you want to read. That's it. At the end of the day. That's it. Easy peasy. Is easy peasy. Literally so easy. Literally. What about you? Do you have any? Uh... I have been eating so good lately. Oh, are you? Oh my god, I, this is I, I so am. positive. So I've been like obviously writing like a maniac, um, mm-hmm. but also like uh, there's been just some really good work coming out this. I love this it. Past couple weeks, there's so there's been like a new wave of people finding the terror, which you can always That's tell fun. because the Fitzcarraldo tag like blows up. Yeah. Because um, everybody's like, oh, my God. Oh, who are they? These two old men. Oh, my God. My dad. My dads. So there's been a lot of really good. I have a couple of Fitzcarraldo picks that are like. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Good. I love um, it. So the first one is when the, when the days of golden dreams had perished by Norvijay, who I, I'm so sorry if I butchered your username, girl. <laughs> um, it I follow, on, follow on Twitter. Um, which is about like the death scene and it's about Oof. Uh, Frank and, and James talking about how like they're in love with each other basically and like uh, oh, James I love it the thing that I love so much there's this there's this thing that has been cropping up more which I love as like a, a fanon thing which is mm-hmm. that because it's so smart because in the part where James is talking about him being a fraud, he talks about Sir John Barrow's son and how like he got him out of like a sticky situation. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have been taking that now and being like, it was like a gay thing. It was like mm. they went to like this place in Singapore where like you could get like you know yeah. male hookups and stuff like yeah. that. And so like a lot of that has been like people being like James telling Francis like I was there, like I was there, you know, like I didn't just like find him, like I was also there, which is really interesting. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I think it's so smart. So there's that in this one and he basically is like, what do you want me to do to like comfort you? And he's like, well, if you kiss me, I would really like that. And it's like, so sad and so sweet. And then he fucking dies and I'm just like, oh God, it hurts so much. It hurts. That was really good. Um, the next one is Decolletage by Reserve, which is deliciously written. I fucking loved it. I read it like three times in a row because I loved it so much. I loved Ooh. the characterization. I loved the, the dialogue. And it's a fix it, like lightly. It's a little bit hand wavy, but who cares? Um, uh-uh. And it's, they are like, they like wake up and they're like, let's, let's like take a walk. And then Francis takes him into like a jewelry shop. And he, <gasps> he's, he's like, I need to get something fixed on my watch. And then he starts, like, talking about buying this necklace for his wife. Oh. And oh, it's so good. 
I love that. And he, like, makes James try it on for him because, like, that's totally fine, like, whatever. And he's just, like, Mrs. Crozier. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) James was born to be Mrs. Crozier. Let's be seriously real about that. Um, So that one was really, really sweet. Where's the, like, oh, there's this one that's so funny to me. um, And it's also dropped a little. It's called Roll Better by Butter Nuggets. And it hasn't updated yet. But I am waiting with bated breath because it's a D&D AU. And it's so fucking funny. It's, oh my god it's basic so basically what it is is like there it's like an office au where they're all like working together mm-hmm. and franklin is like we need to do like team building like we need to do something to get people all on the same page so uh-huh. he's like we're gonna have hickey mr hickey like dm like a, oh a my god Dungeons and, Dragons. and so they all it's like frank james edward thomas who else is in it i think blanky is there maybe and they're all playing dungeons and dragons they're all in this party and, that's but, adorable but the best part about it is they all choose like to be rangers i think <laughs> or like rogues like all yeah like, four of them are rogues and then ed is a ranger and then he accidentally makes like the arctic not his preferred like oh my god he makes it like the forest or something like that that I'm like, is You're so, fucking so good. It's, it's really, really funny. I'm in love. That one's beautiful. Um, God, there's just been so many good fucking Fitzcarraldo fics lately. Um, I'm just literally trying to like pick out the ones that I are the best. Uh, the Concentration of Salt and Sea Ice by Snagov. Snag. Snagov. 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 <laughs> so tasty. Um. It's about role play and like, ooh, we're working through our trauma through sex. Ooh, ooh. ooh I love that. Um, just some. There's just been so many that are so fucking good. That's amazing. It's crazy. And then in Drop Little, we've had some really good ones too. Okay, Anna Bolena. Write me twenty more fix, please. I you've written three, <laughs> but I need like fifty more. <laughs> Anna Bolena is doing this like little series right now, which is called Titles with Meaning in Them. And the first one, oh, it's so good. It's in canon. It's Tom and Ed slowly getting together in mm-hmm. the like most awkward, stupid way possible because they're both fucking mm-hmm. morons. And it starts off with Ed being like, um, he's because Ed doesn't like have lead poisoning the way the rest of them do. Like he right. he doesn't like show symptoms the way the rest of them do for whatever reason. And, but, like, the one thing that she's worked in is that he's, like, his memory is really flaky. And so Oof. he's, like, got this, like, song stuck in his head. Like, literally, like, this old song. And he, like, cannot remember the next line of it. And so he taps it all the time. Oh. Like, on the table. And then Tom one day is, like, here's the next line of that song, by the way. <gasps> and it's, like, what? Oh, my God. And he's, like, first of all. I love that. He's, like, you were listening to me? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then from there, it's turned into, like, Tom literally being like, I am available. I am open and available to you. <laughs> Look at this. Look at me. Would you like to rendezvous? And Ed's like, <laughs> no, I cannot. I cannot. Oh. And now it's, like, it's moved into the thing where they both acknowledge that they, like, want to fuck. But now Tom mm-hmm. is like, I think this guy's, like, I think he, like, likes me. Like, I don't. Is into me, like, yeah. into me. Because Ed won't fuck him. He, like, just wants to, like, mm. he just wants to, like, hug him and, like, kiss him. Mm. And, like, he just wants to talk to him. And Tom's, like, 
shouldn't we like move this along like shouldn't we be like oh my god that's such a good trope it's so good i never get over that shit because it's like it's like also a lot of the like class difference because tom's like i'm just a like i'm just the you know the butler like you should just like be using be basically but yeah it's like no i cannot i could not a gentleman would not you're so perfect you don't get it i love you too much yeah yeah yeah. so good so i'm so i want the next part of it so badly because i want them to be like oh shit we're in love with each other and also Ah! as danny would say make love can they make love please (laughs) can they make love yes can they make love um Gigi started a new tumblr or like terror collection of fics Mm -hmm. which are all perfect and i would die for any of them um, and then Joe for Autumn I Am, who wrote that one fic that fucked me up irreparably, Darling Dear yes. said, wrote Cold Sweat, which is a really, 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 really well written, fun horror AU. It is so cool. Ooh. Everybody is like, oh God, everybody's like a creature or like a cool like horror trope, like Ed's a, a werewolf hunter. Um, John is like an exorcist. Like it's really cool. And they all That's like so fun. come to this I love house. That where Hickey, like, owns this house and there's, like, something mysterious going on with it. Ooh, Thomas is a, it. is a clairvoyant. Oh, it's so I want to read all of these. These all sound fucking so incredible. Fucking good. Cold Sweat is also, like, mega horny, and I'm, like, <laughs> beautiful. It's got feral Ed in it, which I'm, like, oh, oh Joe, good. after my own heart. Thank you. <laughs> That's really good. It's just, like, so many good things are happening. And then I have been... Losing my mind because John Squared, every day, a new long fic comes out that I am, like... Oh, shit. Shoveling into my mouth like an animal. Literally, Danny and I... The other day, Danny was like, I feel like we're sharing the same dream that we see before we die. (laughs) (laughs) All these fics are so fucking good. Um, It's so... so, Taste of Silver um, by John Sparthings, which is my favorite author and John Squared fandom of all time. Finished yes, thing, I remember that one before. So good. And it oh, finally good. finished, and the ending was perfect. It was good. so good and beautiful. Um, and then Heartwood by Palva Pate. These people, can you please get I don't know. Palva Pate. I don't know. So we'll much, so much a good established relationship that has come out, which makes me so mm. happy. Because you just like get to roll into them being nice to each other, which makes me really yeah, happy. Yeah, that, that one's is nice. really good. Lusalka by Slowburn Sally is really good. Five times John Children asked that privately that John Segundus was quite lovely, and one time he said so. <gasps> That's thick, such a good title. This thick. It's <laughs> That's so good. It follows the book. It's like it starts out with Norrell telling Chili that he has to like stalk John. And figure out, like, what he's about. And he's like, damn, he's cute. What the fuck? And then, like, it goes through the years of him being like, oh, he's so adorable. Like, I wish I could just, like, talk to him. Um, this is by Sherwood Fox. And it is so, like, at me specifically. I'm just like, I get it. Like, I get it. Um, let me see what else. The Measure of the Year by Beautiful Soup. That one's really good. I feel like I remember you talking about that one before. It's really good. It just updated. Um, it's updating, like, every month, basically. So that one just updated. Oh, that's the monthly one. Yes, There's yes, yes. so much mutual pining in it. I'm like, can you all please <laughs> get together? Can you I love just, it. Can you please just get together? Um, Satin, Silk, and Lace by Slowburn Sally. Um, at me. Thank you. Specifically, thank <laughs> you. I appreciated that one. 
Um, and then, oh God. Okay, and then, so Sherwood Fox, who did the five times fic, has started mm-hmm. this new fic, which is called There Are Bad Dreams for Those Who Sleep Unwisely, which is, I am like living. Like, it oh my is God. so fucking good. It's established relationship, but it starts off, it's so entertaining. Like, I'm, it's one of those rare fics where I'm like, I know I'm reading this for the pairing, but, like, the actual plot is, like, so fun that I'm, like, so into it. Chili goes to an inn, and there's a vampire there. Like, like an old-school Dracula kind of vampire. And he's, like, French and weird. He's, like, just, like, this mysterious foreigner, basically. And he, like, sits down across from him, and Chili's, like, I didn't fucking invite this guy to sit across from me. But then he, like, hypnotizes him. So he's, oh, like, shit. he's, like, talking to him, and suddenly Chili is, like, talking and, like, talking and talking and talking and, like, telling him all this shit, and he's, like, telling him about John and, like, thinking about John, and, like, the vampire is, like, ooh, you have good taste. He's, like, where is ooh. he? And then Chili just, like, says it, and he's, like, what the fuck? And then he leaves. He, like, blinks and he's gone, right? Like, and he's, like, what the hell was that? And he can't really piece together, like, what's going on. So he goes back to stare across. And John has, like, they're like, oh, did you not get, like, our letter? And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, he had, like, this weird, like, he's been, like, sleepwalking and stuff. And so John's been, like, he's, like, turning into a vampire. Oh, shit. It is so crazy. And, oh, my God. That is so at you. I can't believe it. It's so at me. And, like, John, they call the doctor, and the doctor's like, you're just anemic. And so he's, like, been eating all these, like, this, like, liver and stuff like that. It's so Oh, my God. But in the most recent update, there was a part of it that I was, like, why are you – talk about – you know, why are you so good? Like, why are you so good at writing? (laughs) So he – Chili, like, goes downstairs because he hears, like, this big commotion. And I'm, like, oh, my God, they're going to find out, like, there's a vampire, like, casing this joint. Yeah. But it's – the maids are, like – yelling at Chili because they're like Binculus who's like this body crazy dude that is always with Chili for menagerie reasons but like he he's like always in fix he's like this mechanic of like chaos and they're uh-huh. like he put a rat in the pantry and <laughs> Chili's like are you fucking kidding me like really I don't need this right now so he like goes out to find him and Binculus is like digging in the dirt and he pulls out this giant worm <gasps> and, and Chili is like what the fuck are you doing like He's like, I know you're weird, like, but can you, like, not put, like, rats in the pantry? And he, like, holds up this worm, and, like, the way she describes it in the fic is so brilliant, because she's like, he's like, he's like, does this look like a proper English worm to you? And it's, like, writhing around, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, proper English worms, proper English rats, like, lots of things that aren't proper English have been around Staircross these days, and she's oh like, my what God. the fuck are you talking about? And so he leads him like into the woods and like there's like bugs all over the path and like rats everywhere and he brings him to this giant hole and like there are just like rats in it and they're like whirling around and like eating each other this sounds fucking spooky so spooky and vinculus is just like looking down at these rats and chili is like like what the fuck like what is this that's and fucking terrifying. And says, he goes, they're eating each other. He's like, there's a voice that tells me to join them, a voice in the moon. And like, he's like, but don't worry, I don't listen to it. Like, he's like, the Raven King, it's not the Raven King, it's not my king, so why would I listen to the moon? Like, and I was like, like, oh my God. 
this is so cool. And Chili's like, what the fuck? And oh then he goes back God. upstairs, and John is gone. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, vanish. So I'm like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. That's so fucking cool. I love fic like that just, so much. It's so, like, it took, like, this, it went, like, it was, it was, like, coasting for a couple chapters where it was just like, uh-huh. oh, John's, like, sick. Like, uh. But now it's like, no, there are bugs and rats. It's and revving like, up. Creepy, it's getting fucking vampire. spooky. I'm waiting. This is my prediction. I am waiting for John to, like, go feral and, like, try to kill Chili and for him to be like, John, no. Like, remember yeah. who you are. I can't yes. wait. I cannot wait for it. I know it's coming. Oh, it's, it's the fucking and best. And I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to eat it all up. Yep. Yep. So that's all the food I've been eating lately. Delicious. We've both been fucking feasting. Feasting. Feasting on I love food. it. It's been delicious. I love it. Do you have a song this week? I do. Show and me. And it connects to song. something I've already talked about. Yes. Which is that somebody drew a beautiful little animation of Runner's Eddie singing oh. on stage. Um, and the song that they used as part of the animation to be like a song that is supposed to kind of sound like what the runners would sound like is this song called I'm Not Okay by Weathers. I've got no excuse. So like that already would mean for me that it was very tied to ready because it's like if it's tied to the runners and it's tied to like what Eddie would sound like if he was singing. Yeah. But I will tell you also that it is just a very ready song in general because the first line is I can be a handful, but that's why you have two hands, which is like somehow both true for both Richie and Eddie. Like they would say that to each other. Like literally though. It's so good. And it's like, I can be rude. You can be a red light stop or run right through. I can be a danger. And then the saw the part that's in the, um, in the animation is too many issues. So I wouldn't blame you mirror of bad. I've got no excuse. And that's just like, you know, just appeal to me in every kind of like, I'm difficult. I'm terrible. I'm a, I'm, I have too many issues. I'm too much of a, like, you know, problem for you. And then like, that is just, that just feeds me. I just love it. I love it for all of my ships, but I love it for ready, especially with this song. So like, it's called, I'm not okay by weathers. It's a great song. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. What about you? I do have a song and it is, so I'm doing an RP with my friend Lana. That's like my other like little side gig that I'm doing right now, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. And it's very um, lighthearted and super sweet. And so the song that like for the part that we're writing, it's something in the water by Brooklyn. I wear a demeanor made of bright, pretty things. What she wears, what she wears, what she wears. Birds singing on my shoulder. So beautiful. She's so beautiful. So it's like just a really fun, upbeat, cute song. And like the line that like always kills me because of Tom is I wear a demeanor made of bright, pretty things. And I'm like, that's Tom. He's so bright and nice and pretty. That's his little demeanor. So that's that's my song. It's very cute. And I've I've had it like on repeat for like 
a week now, which is I love it. Typical. Also, the entirety of Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, which is also like, <laughs> I'm like, thank God. you for thank you for writing this job little musical, everyone. Thank you. Honestly, is there anything like ten minutes ago? I fucking love that song oh so much. The reprise, like I just listen to it uh, all day. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is the shit right here. Fuck yeah. I love. I, I obviously love all the versions of it, but I will say that the one of the more recent Broadway ones has Santino Fontana as the prince. Yes, that's and I, I listen to. That's the one you listen to? I love him. Yes. I love his voice. It is yes. like a balm to my soul. So him oh, singing so 10 minutes ago and singing Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful is just like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So that's my song. Oh, man. That's my song. That's the fan. fandom. It's taken us a long time to get through both of our. We have a lot this week. to catch up on. Yeah, we did. So much was happening. Um, mm-hmm. I have to pee really badly. Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back. Okay. Yeah. Time has come. The time has come. We're here to talk about the other half of Star Trek today. Yeah. Part two. Part two, part two of baby. Trek. So, um, just for, for our listeners up front, I have only really seen TNG and TOS. So TNG is really more mm-hmm. of my my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. But there's so much Star Trek out there to enjoy. And what I have seen of it is like pretty fucking good so like yeah take your pick um is really what this is gonna come down to because there's really just like something for everybody so i was just gonna say like what do you like i know what do i know you 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 scraped the surface of of i have scraped the surface i because i the little bit of research i did was mostly about ships yeah so it was interesting to see because i don't i don't know I don't have a good sense of all of the other... When I see TOS stuff, I know it's TOS. Like, for the most part, if I see them in that ship, I'm like, that's it. I know that's TOS. Everything else, I have no sense of, like, who is who. Yeah. But so looking through the ships on AO3, I did get a better sense. And I only did TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager because, Mm -hmm. like, Discovery has... I don't feel like it's really had time to, like, get its, like, feet. I just don't feel like it's, like relevant. I don't know. Maybe that's just my prejudice. Yeah. But um I realized I know I know a lot of the characters in TNG. Yes. Because it's Picard and like Data. Yes. And Jordy. Yes. Uh I know them. Yes. I don't know anyone in Deep Space Nine. I realize this like the top ship is Julian Bashir and Aleem Garak and I have no idea who they are. So I've never seen them in my life. Yeah. So Deep Space Nine I do know Julian, um, I know Garak and Bashir just because I know of them, like, literally just of a ship. Um, mm-hmm. I have not watched Deep Space Nine. I know that Bashir is the doctor. And then okay. Garak is, what is his, 
he Cardassian? I think he's Cardassian, which in TNG you get more acquainted with the, his race, like his alien hmm. race. And mm-hmm. they are like, they're like cerebral the way um, Vulcans are, but they're oh. like, so you know how like, this is just what I'm going to like say, and I'm probably, people can come for me. I don't care because I haven't watched <laughs> but okay so like Vulcans are like all logic right so they're yeah. like all logic and they've like eradicated conflict allegedly mm-hmm. because of that right because they used to right. be super primal and crazy and would like kill each other all the time and they were like Fight a each other, warring yeah. society but then they like colon are purged all that emotions and like now they're like purely logical right and then the other thing to keep in mind is that Romulans Klingons and Vulcans and I believe not people, but like those three, like have like a common ancestor. So oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. So like, there's that, and then the Klingons are like all passion, all emotion, warm yep. all the time. Like like I would say, like super impassioned people. Like, I have seen them. You know? Yes. And then Romulans mm-hmm. are like right in the middle because they're like they're Roman, right? They're like uh, logic meets like we want to conquer and right, but ethos pathos yes, together. Yeah. Yes. So, like, they're kind of like this little thing. Um, I love Romulans. I think they're so interesting. Um, but um, the Cardassians are, like, very logical, but they're, like, super cruel. Like, hmm. um, they're very protective of their own race. Um, there's, like, a whole episode of TNG where Picard is being, like, tortured by a Cardassian. And, mm. like, it's really, really intense. And, like, it's the two of them just, like, basically... It's Picard being, like, like, you don't have to do this. And then, like, but also being, like, I'm not going to fight back because, like, that's against my... Like, this is something that you are doing, and I'm, like, Hmm. not going to, like, get in the way of that, really. And then uh, the guy that's, like, torturing him being, like, really enthusiastic about breaking him and then realizing he can't really do that and being, like, well, this kind of sucks... (laughs) <laughs> um, so they're kind of like there's like this like brutal kind of cruelty like associated with them like they're not they're not popular I would say yeah um, and so like there's that kind of dynamic with Garak and Bashir because like Bashir is like a human and like then there's like this like you know kind of xenophobic thing happening where they're like I don't really trust you like that's yeah. like we're just now starting to like because like in TNG like Worf is the first Klingon in the Federation, right? Like, he's the first guy, like, hmm. in, like, in Star Trek who's, like, on their side um, in Starfleet. But, so it's kind of, like, a similar vibe of, like, oh, we're introducing more of these, like, alien races into Starfleet, and we're all kind of getting used to that. Like, we're all yeah. kind of feeling that one out. So there is that kind of, like, odd couple thing going on. Yeah, I can. Um, I mean, I just I looked up pictures of them, and I one I now realize I have seen them before. Yes. Uh, and Bashir is so fucking cute. He's I can't get over so him. Cute. He's adorable. I'm literally looking at the picture of them now, where he's like holding a martini glass, and they're both in suits. Yes. And yes. I'm yes. Like, yes. This is wherever this wherever they went with suits, because there's also yes. a picture of them standing very close together, and I'm like, yes. I can see where this exists. Yes. I understand now. I yes. get it. Yes. So like literally, there's um. It, so just reading off of this article from the Mary Sue, which is about Garak Bashir, 
It all began with the introduction of Elm Garak, who by all accounts was supposed to be a one-off character, a mysterious Cardassian traitor living aboard Ooh. Deep Space Nine. Garak was supposed to show up, make conversation with the ship's doctor, Julian Bashir, to help move the plot along and then bow out, never to be seen again. But when the writers of Deep Space Nine saw actor Andrew Robinson bring Garak to, to life, they knew that they had the makings of a great character on their hands. So they brought him back. Oh, shit. That's some Dean Cash shit right some there. Dean Cash shit right there. So thankfully, they decided to keep him around. Over the course of Deep Space Nine's run, Garrick made 33 appearances and is generally regarded as one of the most interesting and complex characters that Star Trek has ever produced. However, fans weren't just That's drawn amazing. to Garrick because of his charismatic personality. Many viewers seem to have picked up on certain chemistry between Garrick and aforementioned Dr. Bashir. Oh, certain chemistry? Never heard of it. Bashir, the other half of the relationship, was initially planned to be the show's ladies' man, constantly chasing after <laughs> a different woman every week. Bashir Classic. young, handsome, intelligent, doctor with passion for his work, and an inability to understand when he was being rejected. And gay. And gay. <laughs> So when the writers decided to give Bashir the expositional scenes with Garrick, I can't imagine that they could have predicted what would happen next. So I guess literally these two actors in some Dean Cash shit, like just ignited they're like, we can't. each other. Yeah, we cannot like separate we them now. Separate this is important. Um, in Andrew Robinson's own words, when Garrick first sees Bashir, okay, now I'm like in it. Fuck. Okay, he, I know. Shit. I've shit. New ship. New shit, ship. I'm new here. Ship. I'm here for it. Fuck. He describes the look on his face as wanting to eat him. <gasps> I'm in. I love it. I'm in. Sign me up. Where do I sign? I can't wait. Attention is I'm going to go watch Deep Space Nine now. Garrick is knowing mysterious and seems to be playing with the young doctor. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Bashir looks Flustered and innocent, unsure of how to respond to the thinly veiled advances from this mysterious Cardassian. I'm so fucking in. <laughs> Bad things are happening to me right now, everyone. This is happening fucking live on this podcast that I am falling into a big hole. Okay, but here's the thing, Liz. So, however the scene ends and the plot moves forward, but for Garrick and Bashir, the story doesn't end there. The duo begins having daily lunches together. Engaging Ugh. in frequent arguments over literature. <laughs> That's so fucking good. Shit. Elizabeth. Oh my god. I'm. It's over. Hold on. It's over. Hold on. To those unfamiliar with Deep Space Nine, I'm like. This might seem like friendly banter, if not for the fact that a few seasons later. Remember when I said that like their culture is like kind of cruel? Yeah. The show goes on the effort of explicitly explaining that for Cardassians, arguing is akin to mating behavior. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm fucking dying. I'm so into this. I'm dying. I'm so so happy. They're in love. Um, I love it. Now I understand why Deep Space Nine has more fix than Next Generation. Yes. I now am like, my eyes are opened. Yes. My fucking third eye is flying open. Yes. So Robinson said during the Amazon.com interview, I started out playing Garrick as someone who doesn't have a defined sexuality. He's not gay. He's not straight. It's a non-issue for him. Basically, his sexuality is all-inclusive. But it's Star Trek, and there were a couple things working against that. Um, so basically, just like the usual. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. Right? As the, that, that sounds similar to what people were saying during yeah. Kirk's Bach. But, you know... 
they said in a recent documentary, apparently, um, showrunner and executive producer Ira Stephen Bear admitted that he felt that Deep Space Nine should have pursued their relationship. Um, Love that. God damn. You know? It's just like, sometimes I think it's another casualty of ahead of its time, maybe. Like, oh, 100%. The world was not no ready question. for it. But nope. now and I'm I don't, like, holy shit. I, I don't feel like it's holy ever shit. happened, actually. I still like we're, we're still kind of chasing that concept there are shows now where there's, it's always been set up mm-hmm. that a, that two gay characters were to get together. Like somebody writes a show on purpose, like yeah. this is going to be gay. Yeah. I don't know if we've somebody somebody come correct me because I would love to be wrong, but like I don't know if we've had something where like it starts two characters just happen to have good chemistry and then the writers are like, okay, we hear you, we're gonna go in this direction. No, I like I don't right. know that's ever happened. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it has actually ever happened yet. And like. That, it's kind of an ask. It's kind of a big ask. It is a big ask. But also it's like. God damn. That would be. That would be a trip. Yeah. That would be like. So incredible. Because that would be. That would be the true acknowledgement. That like making television is different from making a movie or writing a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Or I guess book series. You could compare it. But like. Television is a growing thing, and if something isn't working, I mean, this is what you just said. Like they'll they'll bring back characters who weren't supposed to be on there for a yeah. long time because of chemistry and because of like, oh, we didn't realize this character was going to resonate so much, so like, let's have him come back. Yeah. Um. So it feels like it could potentially go in that direction, right? Like right. it could it could happen where like, yeah. you know, you you're like, oh, I didn't realize I was writing these characters romantically or like maybe I did or maybe I didn't, but it's really the actors who brought it to life. This dialogue that I didn't think when I wrote it down on this page was particularly romantic, but the way they say it to each other, yeah. it has this weight. Yeah. Like it'd be nice if that was acknowledged. Cause it happens all the fucking time. And like at a certain point, there's gotta be, it has to happen at some point where a, a writer is like, all right. I, it literally happens with like, um, like with Fabian and Sophie on Versailles, like for for three seasons, I was like, mm. "This is so charged. Like, what the fuck is going on here?" Like, Do you think they did that based on like like I, feedback? I don't know because I don't think it ever got big enough that like people were like talking would about know it about it. Yeah, I think that it was planned. I'm not sure, but also like I also get the feeling that maybe it didn't become like a writers room topic until like the middle of season two or something like that. When they right. saw how, like, Teague and Madison were, like, playing the characters. And they were uh-huh. like, maybe this is going to go somewhere. Like, Yeah, and, you know? and that's the difficult thing of, like, that could be that they were laying very tiny little crumbs that you picked up on. Yes. And like, you and, like, your, you, know, you, you and the Fabian Sandman people, like, picked up on. Yeah. So, like, that makes sense. And I think that there are probably other things like that where it's like, oh, this is my big ship. Like, that's how I feel like... um the hundred was yes. when people were really into, I don't remember their names Clarksa? anymore. Clark. Yeah. Clexa, Clark Clarksa. and Lexa. Yeah. Um, that like, I don't think that was based on, um, fandom feelings, but I do think that they were setting it up really slow, like slowly enough that people already shipped them before they got together. Yes. But I don't know that it was like so obvious. Yes. It was, but I don't, I don't think it was based on what people were thinking. Cause I think it was still all in a particular season. Like it wasn't like they had time to like, you know, if they'd brought her back and had them 
be in a long-term relationship, that probably would have been more like, okay, we're reacting to fandom stuff. Yeah. But, like, all the big examples of, like, Dean Kaz and Steric and yeah. stuff like that, they just kind of either fled from it or... Or said, just yes, we hear you. We hear indulged you. it just enough and yeah. then didn't go any farther than that. But I, I would love there to be an example where they were like, oh, shit, we should do something yeah, about Yeah, we're going to have to, like, rethink this. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> You're, you, I watched the episode and you guys are uh, right. <laughs> like, as we've talked about, that's what that's what happens with TV is that it's not it's usually not one person's thing. It's writers, showrunner, editors, directors, it's actors, a whole team of people. There's and it all so comes together involved. to say something. So like no one person is like, hey, I'm going to make it look gay. No. <laughs> but like no. it. But like a group of people could come together and be like. I guess we should start shooting it this way. Can you and edit like, it this way? Like, can we yeah. be more purposeful or thoughtful can we be, about yeah, this? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, someday. I'm super into this ship now. I can't wait. I'm, I'm like, going to fucking go read some fic. Me too. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> wait a second. But um, the nice thing, so just getting back to TNG. So, like, TNG was, like, a gamble from what I've read about, like, the actual production of it. People were like, wow. Like, because remember I told you when it got syndicated to us, people fucking flipped their lids. And yeah. And they loved Star Trek. And, like, that's when all these conventions started happening and, like, real fandom started, like, coming up. And so in, yeah. like, the 80s, they were like, maybe we should bring this back. Like, maybe we should make <laughs> something new. And it was, like, this maybe. huge gamble. And, like, Gene Roddenberry was like, taking a lot of risks that he didn't get to take in TOS. And, like, <laughs> Patrick Stewart was like, people are going to fucking hate me. Like, they're going to hate me because I'm not... Because I'm not Kirk. I'm not Kirk. And, like... Yeah. But I would say that Patrick Stewart loves Jean-Luc Picard as a character so yeah. deeply. And, like... Well, he's bringing him back, right? Because Picard's coming out and is, like, a new show. Yeah. And, like... I think it's one of those things where, like, unfortunately for all these actors, they fall in love with these characters because they're so interesting and well-written that they're like, I will play them forever. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I know I went into TNG spitefully because I was like, ugh, I don't want to, like, I don't want to meet Jean-Luc Picard. I don't have any interest in him. Like, he's not Kirk. Like, he's going to be so stuffy. Like, this show is going to be so stuffy. Like, yeah. I really thought it was going to be, like, this hyper-cerebral thing. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> they are all just, if not more stupid than the people on the original TOS. <laughs> um, they're all so dumb. But, like, the the characters are so different from the characters on TOS. And it's so mm-hmm. – I just love them. I, I love them so independently. Like, they're just like, – it's, like, a completely separate show. I'm sure that how, that's how it is with, like, every iteration of Star Trek, right? Like, yeah. you just love this new family of people so differently. Yeah. And, like, like but – it, but it also, like, it's always in conversation with itself. So, like, like, Data is like Spock, but also is, like, very much not like Spock at all. Like, you know mm-hmm. – Is he an android? He is. Yeah. Um – Riker is like Kirk, but like also completely different from Kirk. Like it's just mm. everything about it is so good. And like, oh my god! So in TNG, you have like the crew is um, Captain Picard, Will Riker, who's played by Jonathan Frakes, uh, is number number one. So he's second in command. Um, you have Jordy, who's their science officer, Lavar Burton, with his oh, cool advisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have. 
Dr. Beverly Crusher, who's obviously the ship surgeon, Wesley Crusher, who is her tiny idiot son, who is like a genius. He's very precocious. He's like he's like the Chekhov of of TNG. Um, I just googled her and I realized it's it's weird to me. I've never seen her. She and Picard are the number one ship. Uh, and I've never seen her. I do like Picard and Crusher. I do like them together a lot. Um, Beverly is like, oh God, I just love Bev. She's so great. Another redheaded Beverly that she just That's, have to I love. love. I do love the name <laughs> Beverly Crusher, and I got emotional even just seeing that there was like another redheaded Bev. I was like, so That's so cute. sweet. It's so fucking cute. You have uh, Worf, who is mm-hmm. security officer, who's um, the Klingon, who his backstory is so great because he was a band his his parents died. He was orphaned on, um, an orphaned Klingon, and then he was picked up by a Federation ship and adopted by two Russians in... Oh, my God. In America... In, in... On Earth. So he, like, speaks Russian, and, like, there's, like, this really cute, like, episode where he, um, has his parents come to visit, and they're, like, these tiny little Russian people. <laughs> <laughs> And then That's like, adorable. Warp, our son, and they're like kissing him. It's so fucking adorable. Um, so that's great. You have Tasha, um, who's the head of security too. Um, mm-hmm. Why can I ever remember her last name? It's probably because there Yar. Was Yar. There's so much drama with her leaving the show and all that shit. Um, ah. And then um, my wife, my literal life wife, Deanna Troy, who is mm-hmm. the uh, she's the like ship counselor. And she's so smoking hot, and she's like an empath, and she's just like she talks to everyone like this. And she's oh my god, like getting in touch with all everybody's emotions. And uh, my top ship is a head ship because I love Deanna and Riker. I fucking oh. love them. So they are an established relationship because when TNG okay, yeah, starts, they're they're pretty high on this list. Yeah, when when it, when it starts. They were together, and then they recently broke up. And, like, oh. so there's, like, some drama between... There's, like, slight drama at the beginning, like, in the early seasons, because she's, like, I can't believe, like, I'm on the ship with you, Will. Like, yeah, oh God, like, we have to... Like, literally, I have to work with my ex. But it doesn't... I love that. That's drama I enjoy. It doesn't play into, like, any of the usual tropes of, like... Like, Will is not, like jealous like he really really loves her so he's just like I want her to be happy the only time that he really gets jealous is um there's an episode early on it's in like season one where Deanna reveals that she might be getting engaged to this other guy who's like part of her race and Will is like this guy is a fucking dirtbag like he really hates him and Mm -hmm. like Deanna's like Boys, stop fighting over me. And then fight over ultimately, me. she's like, I don't want either of you. So like, literally, like, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, and Deanna, like, she gets it over the course of the season. Like, she gets like to fuck anybody she wants. Like, she's like, yes, I'm such a sensual being. Like, I just have to have all these men at my beck and call. But like, her and Will have this like just warm, loving, I will always love you kind of chemistry. Mm, love that. And also, they are tall and small. She is so oh. tiny, and he is so huge. And, like, they're so silly. They fucking troll each other all the time. Oh, God, I love them. They just, like, would die for each other. Yeah. Um, I love that. I'm into it. It's so sweet. 
And then they do get married. So, like, way later in the series, like, Mm -hmm. after a movie, they do get married. And everybody was very happy about that. And it's beautiful. Um, So that's, like, that's, like, a canon, like, actual relationship on the show. That's sweet, yeah. Which is really, really sweet. Um, I would say, like, Card and Q is very popular. Um, Data and uh, Jordy is the second highest. I wanted I wanted to read to you too because the highest that. kudos TNG fic is a Data Jordy, despite the fact that the bigger ship is Beverly and Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to just read you the synopsis of this fic because I was like, "Hello!" It's like three thousand words, which highest kudos being a three thousand word fic to me Beautiful. is always like, "You guys love this one. Yes. This is just a good yes. good standard. Everybody's read it because everybody can read a three K fic." Yes. Um, it's called Metadata <laughs> by Winged Mammal, and it go, uh, the synopsis is, the first poker game on the Enterprise-E takes an unusual turn when certain aspects of Data's emotionship are brought up. For the LGBT fest prompt Star Trek The Next Generation, Data having emotions includes having a sexual orientation. He's not sure why everyone expected it to be heterosexuality. <laughs> and I just love that. I'm like, I love it. I'm into it. Sounds fun. Idea, sounds spicy. The idea of Data being like, I'm gay. What did you, I, like, what? Why would you why expect you... me to not be gay? I don't know. Data. Like, it's so good. It's like both, like, Data and Tasha are like, we're gay. What did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so fucking funny. I love I'm it. I'm just like, Data is such an incredible character for an android. Like, there is um, a really specific moment where two side characters get married on the ship. Um, mm-hmm. And Data is like, he, like, literally says, like, you know, there are a lot of things, like, about being a human that, like, I don't understand and that, like, I will never understand because I'm an android. But he mm-hmm. specifically is, like, but the the need to be loved and to be cared for and, like, have companionship is not one of those things. Mm. And it's so touching because you're, like, yes, he's an android. And it, maybe he doesn't experience love, like, the same way that a human would do it. But he still, like, understands and, like, has yeah. that need for, like, companionship and affection and, like, all this stuff. So my all-time favorite post about TNG is, is the one where um, <laughs> where someone's, like, the thing that I love about Data is, like, he, yes, he's an android, um, but, like, you know, people are, like, I don't, he's, like, I don't love Jordy. I don't love him, but Jordy is 100% lovable just as an observable fact. So, like, <laughs> what else am I supposed to do but love and adore and cherish Jordy? Like, like <laughs> literally, he's, like, the data just all points to that I am to love him. Like, that is just a law of the universe, Aww. which is so fucking sweet. That's so sweet. And Jordy is, like, so good to him. Like, he's so patient, and he just thinks mm-hmm. Data is, like, endlessly interesting. And the nice thing about them is they fight. Like, Jordy gets pissed off with him sometimes. He's I like, love that. Data, why do you have to be such a fucking asshole? Like, literally, like, if you don't get it, then just don't even talk to me about it. Like, oh, my God. The thing about Jordy and Data is, like, the idea of, like, Jordy always loving data and just like letting data come to his own conclusion about it yeah like that's like the best thing there's like this undercurrent of like took you long enough like i've been waiting around for you to get up on the uptake here they're just so i love those two boys in space so much i just love love them i love them and there's also the like really cool like undercurrent of like you know 
Data is an android, and then Jordy also has this like kind of like bioengineered like yeah. aspect to him too, because he like has his visor and like he has like this different way of percep- perceiving the world himself, and like you know, there's part of him that is like also inorganic. That's like yeah, you know, they can kind of like come to this connect, connect over it, connect yeah, over it. Um, it's just oh god, they're so good. I just love it's them. So good. I, love, I love that. I love that. Do I know the only other thing I know about Data like at all? Yes. You have that meme that you use sometimes. <laughs> the are you prepared for the kind of death you've earned, little man? <laughs> it's such a good image. It's so fucking. Are you prepared There's... for the kind of death you've earned, little man? Like I have oh seen God, you've funny. used this because it's not a, a super like usable meme. No, it's very specific. It is very specific. So the times you've used it in our friendship has been so specific. I have so many times where I've been like me and Hannah talked about this and then she sent me this meme and it's so perfect for that moment. It's fucking incredible. So that was, I felt, I felt it was important to say that I do have a relationship with data because of that meme. You do. I just, I love it so much. Um, I love, yeah, I just love data and Jordy. I, I love Worf. And I want to be with Worf. So that's oh, who I... ship him with no one. I ship him with no one. He's for me Worf, only. Worf, uh, what is it? Like, what's that POV thing people do in fic? Yin, like, reader. Reader. <laughs> Worf reader is what you would read. That's me. That's me. I love him. I love my weird Klingon. Um, and his weird tiny Klingon son named Alexander. Um, Cute. Uh, and then, like I said, like, there's... Beverly and, and Picard, which is very, like, mm-hmm. I get it. Yes, I 100% get it. Um, I like Q and Picard because they're so fucking chaotic. And they hate each they're other. They're on here, too. I like it. Q is the, like, um, he's, like, a woven in. He's not a big bad. He's, like, this, like, he's, like, an angel kind of in Supernatural. Or, like, another kind of benevolent, uh. like, creature, right? They're, he's just, like, this uh-huh. thing that they encounter and then he keeps showing back up. Um, Got it. But he's he's literally only exists to like troll Jean Luc Picard. Like that's that's like his number one job in the universe is to like just make Jean Luc Picard miserable. And he's like this omnipotent, all powerful being, right? Like he's from the Q uh-huh. continuum. He like can do whatever he wants. Like he's like a god, basically. Uh huh. And but like all he uses his powers for are to like show up on the bridge with a mariachi band like that's like literally his point in life um but he like he loves Jean-Luc like he he becomes like irrevocably fond of him and so he just Mm. keeps like there's a there's a whole arc where Q gets his powers like taken away from him and he like immediately comes to the Enterprise and is like um I'm a human now ew first of all (laughs) I need help second of all you have to help me because you're my best friend. <laughs> and Jean-Luc is like, I literally hate you. Like, I love that. It's so good. That's so good. It's really so good. And there's, like, this whole thing where he, like, gets really jealous of, like, Jean-Luc having, like, interest in other people. Like, he just is very meddling. And he wants all of Jean-Luc's attention to himself all the time. Um it just is really, really good. It's really that's truly just, excellent. He's yeah, such a funny, interesting character, and like he's such a little bastard. It just makes me so happy. Um, I always think that if it ever got rebooted, 
I want Mija Collins to play Q in a reboot. Oh, my God. He would do such a good job. <laughs> like, he would be so perfect for it. Yeah. Um, so that one's really, really good. I love that. And then I know about- I know another big one is Janeway and Seven yes, of Nine. Yes, and Voyager. Yeah. And what's, what is it? I think her name's Seven of Nine. Oh, Seven of Nine. Yes, that's – so in Voyager, the highest is Janeway and Chakotay. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and then and then Janeway and Seven of Nine, yeah. which is like, I don't know anything about Voyager. I only yeah. know Janeway because when Orange is the New Black came out. Yes. And that actress was playing Red, Catherine everybody Wolverine. was like, Janeway. Yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting name. And I like Googled her and like looked up a tiny little bit of Voyager stuff, but like yeah. not very much. Yeah. So I, I was like, Seven of Nine is a cool ass name. Like they, they did, they killed the names on this the one. The Borg are like so cool. I love the Borg. And Seven of Nine is, I believe, part of them. I think she's Borg. Oh, cool. She's, they're the ones you know who say, tra- uh, uh, resistance is futile, all will be as similar. Oh, nice. Do you know who Chakotay is? I do not. I don't know anything about Voyager. Let's look at memory. I will tell you, though, that Voyager, um, the highest kudos pick in the Voyager tag is Asteric AU. Oh, my God. made me laugh. <laughs> of course it is. I get, like weirdly mad on behalf of the fandom when I go into the AO3 and the number one highly kudos or like highly like highest hits fic is for a different fandom who've like just co-opted the tag for their AU. I'm like, you don't need to tag it. You don't need to tag it as Voyager because nobody came to the Voyager tag to read Steric fic. Like, so it funny. just didn't happen. So it just makes me laugh. I'm always like, oh my God, don't, don't co-opt the tag. So Chakotay but, is a is a hunky dude. From, oh. uh he's a commander. He's um Is the premise of Voyager just the same that it's just like people out on science mission? Yeah, pretty much. Um the, the main people uh are the Cardassians that they're against, I believe, in the uh, like there's more of a tension between those two in Voyager. Oh, Chakotay is handsome. Look he at this is. man. See, I'm trying to oh. see Native American. He's Earth. He's from Arizona. One of Chakotay's early ancestors was Say Akatol, a man who fought was fathered by a white conqueror. And then, okay, yeah, so he's he's Native American. That's really cool. Fascinating. That is really cool. I like that. That is. So I'm into it. I am interested. I'm I mean, happy. get it, Kathy. Get it, I know. Kathy. Seriously. Get that. <laughs> She's killing it. Get that hunky dude. Come on, she is killing it. She gets the yeah. bombshell blonde robot lady, or she gets this hunk. Like, oh my god, Janeway. <laughs> They're just like, it's Janeway and everyone in this fandom, it looks like. Yeah. I think that's the thing about Voyager, is people fucking love Catherine Janeway. Oh, Seven of Nine is that really hot She's lady. She's really hot. With the thing over her yes. eye. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yes. Like, I think I'm... people people really, really, really love Janeway. I remember my friend yeah. Ben... Um, billions of years ago when we were talking about Star Trek, he was like, Janeway is my all-time favorite captain. Like, she's the fucking best. And he also Well, that's what like, it seemed like from that yeah. time period when Origins of the Black was like, people were so excited to see this actress yes. and something else because they had so many good Janeway feelings. Exactly. And she's a babe, too. She's Kate fucking Mulder. Oh, yeah. Love her. Hell, yeah. She's also a redhead. Also Killing it. redhead. Star Trek <laughs> loves a redhead. Let's be real. They do. But there's just, like, so there's so much out there. Like, there's just so much content. You can find something for everybody. There's another ship. There's a lesbian ship. There's, like, um, it's a lizard lady. Hold on. Fucking Star Trek. Ooh. There's, like, literally this post where it's, like, odd to be on Star Trek and have my... Oh, it's Seven of Nine. 
and her oh and nice her, and her wife yes yes it's dax and cisco wait is this what it is oh anyway just like star trek man there's just so fucking much i don't even know what to tell y'all go watch it go watch tng go watch Will Riker play the trombone and laugh your ass off because it's the best thing that you've ever seen in the world. Like, it's truly so good. I love it. Watch all the Q episodes. Like, they're so fun. You don't have to watch the rest of the show. Just, like, watch all the Q ones. You'll, like... It does feel like with a lot of Star Trek stuff that you can just kind of, like, drop in and out. You can. A hundred percent. It's, like... Because it's, like, Monster of the Week, but, like, in space. So it's, like, you don't have to have, like, an actual... You just have to get the gist of it, and then you watch these yeah. little, like, self-contained episodes, and you're like, oh, yeah, totally, I get this. Yeah. I need to watch Deep Space Nine. That's what my heart is telling me. I need the Garrick and Bashir content. Me, I too. To I, ha- I'm, I need to get the fuck on this right now. Like, literally, I have to eat it right now. But that's, like, that's all I have to say about it. Like, that's, like... That's, yeah. No, I think it's, it's good. I think that, man. like, we talked about the ships. We talked about the main ships. Yeah. I feel very invested in all of these ships now. Right? There isn't, I feel like there isn't a lot to like, if, if all of the plots of these, all of these different like reboots of Star Trek are all kind of just like, what happens if we're kind of doing the same kind of concept of the Star Trek universe? It's just with a completely different yes. crew, which is really interesting because if, if, at, if at the heart of it, Star Trek's about like relationships between people and aliens yes. and between people like the the members of the crew and each other and they're traveling around together like all you have to do to make a new interesting story is just replace them all with new people who have their own personalities and are going to have their own flavor yeah exactly i love that it's great i think also it's like a different every time you do an iteration of it you're addressing things that are relevant to that time and so like you get this new chance to like bring up shit you know that society itself is like dealing with yeah, that's and so like, true. That's, that's like, so it's real. It's like this real, sometimes blatantly unsubtle vehicle to like talk about stuff that like otherwise you would feel uncomfortable talking about. Um, yeah, and genre television and and fiction in general is always just such a like good way to do that yeah. because you can do it metaphorically yes. or you can do it like you can do it blatantly but within this different universe. Yeah. You know, you can you can address racism as racism in the Star Trek universe. Oh, yeah. Either be it, like, yes. with aliens or literally just with black people. Yeah. And it's, like, the idea that also the overall thing is always, like, there is, like, this built-in, like, you're seeing it in a future where things are, like, dramatically better. Like, they're... Yeah. Like, we are, yes, we're still going to struggle, but it, like, the the outcome is going to be good. Like, that's the payoff. And I think that's, like, really important for people to see. And I think it's, like, especially when it's, like, the Earth crew is really diverse, but they're all, like, connected mm-hmm. to each other, and they're all, like, working together. And, like, like that's always present. In every series, you get, like, this, like, diverse cast of people that are from everywhere on Earth, and they all are working together, and they all are on the same page. Yeah. You know? Like, I think that's, it's a good thing to see in these times because we are literally living in the end times and i am we are we gotta have some nice concept of looking towards the future and like they got it right somehow Uh, escapism and fiction (laughs) that's where we are (laughs) sometimes 
feel <laughs> I've got to run away. Run away. <laughs> hey. Well, we already rolled for next time. Did we? What, what is it? Disney. <gasps> remember? <laughs> A whole new world. Can't wait to talk about I that like, mouse. I dipped into it like really slightly mm-hmm. and I was like overwhelmed immediately by like just the things I had forgotten about. Like when I was thinking Disney ships, I was thinking like, oh, you know, like just your classic kind of like yes. Disney movies. But there's like a lot of like shows we could talk yes. about. There's we could so talk much. about the Disney Channel. There's so much to discuss. The world is literally open to us at this moment with Disney. So Disney, we have, Disney. you know, Disney, we're going to do it. We're going to go through some ships. I feel like I have so much research to do. I can't wait to read some fic. It's going to be great. I, yeah, I just need to, like, I feel like I need to just, like, look at a list of just media. Disney movies. And then yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. right next to it, right in my thoughts, feelings. <laughs> yes, like, no, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, literally, I feel yeah, like no, I totally. need to do that. No, completely. Also, I feel the exact same way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. What I was about to say. You're gonna I save feel like it. It's okay. A better conversation for like the actual conversation when the time comes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Great. I love it. I can't wait. I'm excited to talk to you about it. It's been nice to get back into it, Hannah. I, I love it. I've missed it. Someday I missed it. We'll be in the same space. I'm sure. Oh my I'm god! Sure. I can't wait. I was actually thinking today about how much I like love when we recorded in the same room. And we just like ate grapes and swirled our drinks around with the ice. <laughs> that feels like it was nine years ago. It really it does. Feels, I need. We've always. I've always. I've always lived in this room. No, literally. Like I've never seen a friend in real life. I've only ever seen a friend on my computer screen. That's how it works. We just live in the little window. We just live in the little box. The little Zoom box is where I live. Ah! I know. Uh. I love you. I love you too. So much. So much. I miss you. I'm reaching out. I know. <laughs> We're touching hands on the computer screen. <laughs> All right. Bye, Hannah. Bye, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>